The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, welcome to New York Sport. This is the Robbie Knight podcast, and it's a smiley one today. It's a happy one, a happy episode. Um, the final home game of the regular season is done, and we all hope that is the final game of this season at home. Um, as it was a win, a fantastic 2 1 victory um, at home to Oxford United. And oh, there's lots of players to talk about. And which we like, especially this time of the season. We're happy at this time of the season. Things are always going quite well. Um, oh, yes. We have the same lineup. We've gone Mick in the top of the screen. Hello, Michael. Hello. Good evening. Good morning. Whatever. And Danny. Is <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I hope everybody's doing okay. Um, I know for a fact it's cheap yesterday. Um, <laughs> oh, Mick. Just feel, feel a bit lighter, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was never in doubt, was it? From the beginning of the season, it's never been in doubt. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does it does lift the weight off a little bit that, doesn't it? Yesterday, um, mm. huge, huge win, huge win. Yeah, it was plenty to cover from it, from starting lineups to omissions from the squad to refereeing decisions to goals to penalties. Um, one of my highlights of the day, and Mick, I know you saw this as well, was after the game, um, as the players did their did the lap of honour, and we, we stayed for a little bit. Um, and as we were walking down the steps, Icky's little boy was having a little kick around, and Jamie Lindsay's kid did the most Jamie Lindsay thing ever and come from behind and just cleaned him out. <laughs> 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 Fantastic! <laughs> it was it was the best part of yesterday. I, I'm sorry, Icky, for your lad, but he just got up and carried on anyway. So he obviously didn't hurt. I mean, ball were miles away as well. It was so so father like son. I have never seen all like it. Absolutely brilliant. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Even yesterday's ref would have booked him. I know he didn't like getting his cards, but even yesterday's ref would have booked him for that. <laughs> That's how late it was. Um, yeah. Sign him up. Let's go through what we've got in the comments. We have Theo Lewis is with us. Gav Grundy, Scott Grundy, all the Grundys are with us tonight. Paul Brock's with us. Um, Neil Liversage, John S., Michael Mortimer, Harvey Kellwick, YouTube user. Thank you, everybody, who has joined us so far. Uh, <laughs> let's start with this one, Ethan. Chio's okay at football, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Um, it was a change in formation, Danny, and a very surprising one. Oh, I saw it was bad. That, that's where we tried to start against it, which I suppose. Um, but it worked. Chio was outstanding yesterday, along with others. But let's start with Chio. He had a such a good game. Yeah, he did. Um, we tweaked the formation just a little bit. I think it ended up being a 3-4-2-1, um, which is sort of similar to the way Chio lines up for Ireland. Because um, you had Chio and Wiles just in behind Smith. And it worked. It really did play into Chio's strength. And even said in the post-match that he loves playing in that position, playing centrally. Um, <clears throat> it's taken a couple of false starts in that position, but thank Christ that he's finally discovered that position for Rotherham now because he's done ever so well in it against Oxford and like you say, at times he was unplayable. Um, the only thing that was missing, which was a good thing for my wallet, but a bad thing for the overall scoreline was that he didn't score. So I'm sorry um, to Paul Brock and his young lad, you don't get the tenor. I am sorry, but my wallet is happy. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, yeah, it's been good. It was good. Make I mean, it wasn't the only change. Woody came back in. Um, Harding, the Harding then went into Chiel's position on the right hand side. Ozzy two to on the left. Back to the stand, as I mentioned, the Sanibel field three, but we wiles a bit further forward with Chiel and Michael Smith up top. It's one of those we, we say this a, a lot. I said after the game before the game on Tuesday. That looks like a really good lineup, and but this time it was and it worked. Yeah, it did. It did. It allowed us to control that midfield better than uh, better than we have than we have done uh, the last few games. I do. I do worry a little bit about that one up front scenario. Um, you know, it it does open up the management team for a whole world of criticism if we don't win. Um, yeah. Nevertheless, I think it was the right move. I don't. I can't. I, I wouldn't argue with it. Um, you know, in in Chio and and Ben Wiles. You've got two incredibly capable assistants to uh, to Smithy there, um, incredibly capable. So yeah, I mean it, it worked. It worked well. Um, so and, and we got the result, which is which is like I keep saying, and I've been saying for a few weeks that that is all that matters. But on top of that, yesterday the performance overall was just absolutely back to where we've been, back to where we were when we were on fire. Um, so yeah, I mean that that is a great great sign. It is, it is very much so. We have a couple of negatives to talk about. We will come on to the referee later on um, because there's quite a lot to cover from that. The other story coming out of Rotherham United at the moment is Freddie Ladapo. Um, now, <laughs> the, the Paul Davis tweet yesterday was quite cryptic from Paul Warren's message. It was quite cryptic. It left you know as he put toys out for him, whatever. And what appears to have happened is that Paul Warren left him out of the squad. This is what Paul was obviously what Paul Warner said. He left him out of the squad, and then Freddie didn't come to the game, and then wasn't wasn't at the air for the end of season lap of appreciation. 
Uh, Danny, how do you feel about it? Um, well, I've read the um, the backup article, not the backup, the follow-up article, sorry, from Paul Davis about it. And it's as simple as that he wanted to give Kelly a, a match day 18 experience at New York before the season ended. And that was it, really. Um, that's the reasoning behind leaving Freddie out. It's just a... Um, it, it, by the sounds of it, it's a victim of circumstance. He wanted to give Georgie Kelly a chance to be in the 18 at New York before it ended. And I don't know, maybe Freddie's got ump on about it, being left out at such a crucial time and just not bothered turning up. Um, but for me, all you need to do is look at like Will Grigg and Josh Vickers and, and the lads who haven't been in the 18, they still turn up and support the team. You know, um, Angus was there and he wasn't in the 18. He was still sat behind the dugout supporting everybody. And I think it's... Um, it, disrespectful might be a bit strong, but that's sort of the way it feels that, you know, it's like the last home game of the season, you know, all the players are there with the families and such. Um, you've got Josh Vickers and Will Grigg going absolutely ballistic on comms, which was hilarious to listen to. Um, and then there's a lack of appreciation and there's no Freddie. And it's like, you know, why, why is he not turned up? And I don't know, maybe it's a Toys Like the Pram situation, I'm not sure, but it does leave a little bit of a sour taste that he's not bothered turning up to at least support the fans that have supported him even after he's put in his transfer request. Yeah, what we should say is we don't know if anything is happening in his mm. personal life. Or not. Turn up. But what I would say to that is if there was, I think Paul would have said he wasn't here because of a reason. Um I'm reading between the lines there, Mick, but if there was a reason, you feel like we would have been told, yeah, it's not here because of something happening. Um, way Paul once said it made him sound like he it was a bit of frustration and he was trying to hide it. But that's that's how I read into those words anyway. Yeah, I mean, that that sort of shone through loud and clear from uh, from Paul's tweet, didn't it? Uh, I've not, not read the article myself, so I, I don't know the full ins and outs of it. I would be tempted to wait until we hear the full story before. Well, I, I certainly will be waiting until I hear the full story until I sort of make any opinion on it, really. Um, on the face of it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good from Freddie. Um, it it, it doesn't look good at all, I'll be honest. Um, but we don't, like you've just said there, Matt, we don't really know the full circumstances. So, um, you know, we, we, we can't really criticise at this stage. But but what I would say is is if if he's just thrown his teddies out of the cot, then then it, it, it does leave him wide open for for some some serious criticism because it's because if that is the case, that's a really poor attitude, really poor attitude. Um, but we don't know, do we? We don't know. No, we, so. don't. we are assuming. Um, yeah, it's worth it's worth a comment. Let's get back onto some positive stuff, shall we? Um, Shelley IFC well lads the lucky boxers came in handy again he reverted back to them on Saturday that's fantastic to hear my lucky Sweden shirt seemed to have uh, done the trick as well Mick didn't have to wear his Sweden shirt because he couldn't get in it couldn't get back in it um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah thank you everybody for doing it anybody wore anything lucky very good Will Robert Will Robert Mick you saw him yesterday. Well, what says I managed to bump into yeah. my hero Mick at half time. <laughs> <laughs> he, he shouldn't have feared after he knew my lucky the lucky boxers were on. If I'm the culprit for the loss, I'll happily take the credit for the win. Absolutely will. <laughs> 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 uh, 
We're I bumped into you, Will, as well, then. <laughs> yeah, I bumped into you and your lucky box of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, so let's talk about the first goal, which again is slightly negative, uh, but we're just one of those things, Danny. I'm going to criticise, I'm not going to criticise, is the wrong word, but I'm going to question aside Tutu's role in the goal. Uh, as soon as the ball went over his head, he was never going to try and win that ball back. Um, and that was really frustrating. We'll come on to what happened to Barlasser in a minute, but I thought aside Tutu could have done much, much better from a defensive point of view. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I, I think um, as soon as the ball bounces, he's, he's A, lost the yard on his man, but also thinks he's got more cover than he actually does on that side. And I think that's why he initially leaves it. And by the time he's left it, he's got another yard or two yards on him. And then it's uh, just a, um, a losing formula then. Into he's not got not got the yards on his man. He's gone beyond him. Um, but what I will say, it's a terrific finish from Dan, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, bless him. To be fair to him, mate, if he didn't, if he didn't, if, if Barnes didn't bury it, it's going in anyway. There's a man free on six yard box. Yeah. All he's done is just taken the glory off the Oxford player. Yeah, it's, it's essentially is what he's done, here. and and you know he he couldn't do anything else. He's obviously tried to put it wide at post, and it's not um, it, it's just not happened for him. And it's at that point you start to think, you know, after everything that we've gone through over the last few weeks, you know, it, it, is this it? Is this what the season's going to come down to? Losing one 0 at home to an own goal from one of our best players at season. It, it kind of just sums it up, doesn't it? You know what I mean. Mm. But it did exactly the opposite. It did precisely the opposite, um, and, and that's exactly what you want, isn't it? You know, it, it, it sort of just completely changed the game in a good way, if that's possible when you score an own goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. We saw a few weeks we talked about the IOC putting out the tweet about. Well, I think it was only four points prior to prior to Saturday that we'd gone from losing positions. Mm. I, I'm exactly the same as Mick, Danny. As soon as that goal went, I'm thinking, well, we we haven't done haven't done brilliantly at going, coming from behind this season, and it's one of them goals where you think, oh god, I, I I generally started to worry, but then ten minutes later, I'm sort of thinking, my worry's gone. I know we didn't score, but there was an instant reaction from in terms of how it played. Yeah, I mean, um, before today, I think the only time we turned it round after going behind was Gillingham. Um, and before that, for the past three of the four games, you know, first goal conceded and we've lost him. You know, well, actually, I think it's last four out of five, isn't it? Because you've got you've got Shrewsbury, Charlton, Portsmouth, and Burton all conceding first and all losing. So it didn't bode well when we scored in our own net. A um, little bit of a kick in the teeth, to be fair. But like you say, we we, uh, we rallied ourselves and really cracked on. And I think. Most Rotherham fans could see us scoring at least in the first half. We took a time to get the goal, fair enough, but <laughs> um, we were in the ascendancy. And um, I think Reggie's goal did change the half time team talking to a you've got one back now, now keep pushing rather than get one back and see where we are. Um, and I think as soon as Reg scored, it was more or less tide turned. I think we were definitely the team that were going for the win more than Oxford. and we cracked on and we did look back to our best. We looked back to that really um, fighting Rotherham United side that wants to win every game, which is great to see when it's come down to the last three because that's what you want come into the season, isn't it? Yeah, 
Um, the Reg Golmick, um, obviously, <laughs> I was mentioned on commentary uh, for Matt Goodwin and Josh Vickers and Will Grigron. Will Grigg and Josh Vickers managed to break the microphone <laughs> because they were <laughs> so loud. Um, which is I've not seen that. I've not heard that. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, if you they um, I can't remember his name. The Russian, the Estonian lad tweeted the tweet it out, and yeah, I might go and talk about it. And as soon as it's back at net, just cuts out. Screaming, <laughs> <laughs> it cuts. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. But Reg, let's talk about Reg. Reg got the goal, but Reg was brilliant again since he's come back in almost the second time after his mm. initial couple of games. He's been brilliant. He's the man that was there in earlier in the season. He been superb. Yeah, he's been outstanding. And he went outstanding again yesterday. And, and and that goal is one of those defenders' goals you just absolutely love to see, don't you? Yeah. You know, it, you could have put anybody, anybody marking him and he was having that ball. End of story. He just bulldozed his way through. Um, and and I'm at, to, to a point where the when the ball at the back of the net, I was absolutely convinced that the referee must be going to blow for a foul because he'd, he'd just come with so much power, so much pace. And, and and transferred all that into ball. I thought the referee's bound to blow for this. Yeah. Um, and when he didn't, I mean, but but the other thing I would say about that goal when you watch it back, his reaction after scoring it is not yeah. is not running on his knees to corner flag. All he's doing is wanting to get ball out of the back at net and get back upfield, and he's screaming at everybody else to get back up and let's get on, let's get on. I mean, mm-hmm. that is just. That's a Rotherham United attribute right there, mate. That's exactly what we want from our players. Um, you know, well, let's get on. Let's get on. We've, yeah, we've scored. Yeah, we've equalised. Right, we need to win now. Let's get on with it. Um, that, mm. I mean, that were, for me, that were brilliant. That was absolutely fantastic. Um, and and I'm 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 now a Huddersfield Town supporter, quite frankly. Right? <laughs> yes, we want them to get promoted now. <laughs> um, because I'd love to have him back next season. I would absolutely love to have him back. He's he's mm. a hell of a player. He's showing he's a championship player. That's the problem. Oh, he is yeah. ready for the championship. Mm. Um, Big time. You're absolutely right. Um, AJKRFC19 on YouTube says, Reg looks superb yesterday. If Huddersfield can get promoted, there's a chance we can get him on loan or permanent. Oh, could, you, could you imagine a permanent? Um, other than the other than the goal, Danny, where Barlas was left on his own, I thought defensively, I thought they had a good game. I thought Woody was back, back, but properly back. Uh, Icky was solid as ever. Um, we did just didn't allow him in, and the, the defense was such a huge part of that. Yeah, they had a moment or two because the gunner, but, but for the most part, I thought defensively we were extremely sound. Yeah, I think we um, we marked our um, our back line very well, and we kept them quite quite quiet. To be honest, I mean. Um, Oxford technically haven't scored against us this season. I mean, we have four True. Oxford, but Oxford still haven't scored against <laughs> us this season. Um, and yeah, with with, um, with the first goal, I think the reason why Dan's there is because he's trying to mark back and help out where he can defensively. Because yeah. it sounds a bit harsh, but Ozzy did leave him a bit high and dry by not challenging for the ball. So Dan's tried to get back and. All right, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good finish, but you need to be getting underneath that ball and not just putting your lace through it. Yeah. But anyway, um, and then there was a moment I think in the second half where the ball just dropped for Ryan Williams just outside the six yards box, and everybody rushed him. You know, Victor rushed yeah. him, Woody rushed him, Mickey rushed him, 
And um, I think that's a little bit of a mentality from Portsmouth, like don't let another former player score against us. And yeah. <laughs> it, it, it worked. And uh, we kept shut of him. Um, if he had disregarded the own goal, we kept shut of him, which is um, quite a feat. Bearing in mind, Oxford are one of the highest scorers in the league this season. Mm. So, yeah, we've done very, very well both times against him. Yeah. Uh, Shell FC says uh, Reg was immense. Uh, Paul Brock, Reg was really good. Fully deserved his man of the match. Uh, and also adds that he feels like he stabilised that back line. Yeah. Uh, Russ Vernon says he spoke to Reg before the game yesterday, told me he's really enjoying his loan at RUFC. And like Russ says, like we all echo, we would love to see him back in a red and white shirt next season. We can hope, can't we? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. The second half, Mick, it was basically one-way traffic. It was just the Rotherham yeah. United of November, October, December, whatever, he was yeah. so good. Poor Carl had absolutely no answer to us, is he? I mean, no. Uh, let's we'll talk about Carl in a bit, shall we? We'll just have a laugh at his expense in a bit. But um, yeah, no, they, they were just they were just on back foot from from the forty sixth to the ninety fifth minute or whatever it was. Mm. Um, they, they were permanently on the back foot. Yeah, they 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 carved out a couple of openings which they just you know skied over over bar or or Victor saved. But other than that, it was just one way traffic. Um, so yeah, we, we were we were back as you quite rightly said there. We were back to our best, definitely um, in that second half. And if we carry that on now, we are going up. No question about that. No question whatsoever. Um, but we've got to maintain it. That's the key in it. That's the key. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely. Um, let's have a quick chat about the referee before we talk into more positive things. We're going to do a positive sandwich. Um, Peter Carr mentioned that the goalkeeper Oxford did you notice how the Oxford kept goalkeeper kept having a drink before every goal kick until they went 2-1 down yes and then Victor took over took over that mantle yeah. um, of uh, taking his time um, Mark Gamble says he's looking forward to mixed ref rant I hope you've got your notes ready I've got my yes. flag ready Mick <laughs> <laughs> rant flag make another appearance now uh, Charles Breakspear um you know, as as I pointed out previously, he has uh, likes to show a bit of chess, doesn't he? And <laughs> as I, I think this, I think this is a good rule. If somebody's willing to show that much chess whilst working, don't trust them. Just don't trust them. And that proved to be the case, Mick. To be fair, oh, he was woeful, weren't he? Yeah. He was absolutely woeful. I mean, he, he just yeah. I, there were so many incidents where I completely lost my head with him. I can't. I can't even remember and pick out a specific one. You know, it was just woeful. I, I, I ain't really got a rant. And and I know. I know. Um, I know. Mark tweeted me yesterday saying, "Make notes. I hope you're making notes." And and, and I replied to him saying, "It's all in my head, and, and it's all gone out of my head now, mate." It was that. There was that much of it. I should have made notes. You're right, absolutely right. Um, it, it, it was just. I mean. It, it, it was it, well. I mean, I know we're going to come on to Tuesday. I know we are at some stage. So we'll you can get your flag out again for that and all. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're two peas in a pod, aren't they? You know, Saturday's ref and Tuesday's ref. They are two peas in a pod. It's all about them. Uh, he, he clearly wants to be centre of attention, but he, he, his decision making was just wow, amazing. amazing. Yeah, all individual. A couple of individual incidents, Danny. Let's start with the Richard Wood penalty. You could use a 
there's definitely the first half. Or Barnfield, how the hell did the referee miss the Stonewall penalty on Woody in the first half? Watching it on your vlog, it's a Stonewall penalty on Richard Wood. I, the only... Sorry, I just spat on the microphone then, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, the only reason I can think he's not giving it is he's bottled it. The only reason not to give that is just he ain't got the bottle. Because it were obvious. Yeah, it was. Woody's just been completely felled in the area. And when he stands back up, he's absolutely furious, isn't he? Um, but again, referees very rarely give penalties on defenders in the opposition's box. Um, you, you see it time and again, they very, 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 very rarely happen. And um, I understand Woody's frustration because thankfully I did turn the video off before I made my comments clear to the referee because he was in audible distance from me. And uh, and I think most of the North Stand shared it because it was a stonewall penalty. You can see on the vlog, Woody just gets floored. And like you say, Matt, I think the only reason it's not given is because he's bottled it. But I, then I think there's an even more blatant one on Reg later on yeah, in the half Scott when the keeper just, just got hold of him. Yeah, he just got hold of him and just shoves him to the floor. It's like, hang on. We're not he gave him a foul for it, didn't he? I know, it's like, we're not here for WWE. You've got your arms round him and shoved him to the floor, but yet he's got the free kick. And we, we talk time and again about protecting goalkeepers. Now Victor doesn't get it. Well, their keeper must have had some bubble wrap round him or something because that is another blatant penalty. But <clears throat> I think without those two incidents in the first half, we wouldn't win the penalty in the second half. I think he'd have given the ball out straight away and gone back to that rather than give the penalty. So, things and roundabouts. <laughs> I suppose it does. Um, Mick, was that one of those ones where Red Ridge got pushed over and, and got fouling? So that was one of the ones where you were lost your head a bit. I, I can't. Well, there, there were so many of them. There were so many of them. I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the, I know I bang on about referees, but it's all about consistency, isn't it? The, the, the thing that frustrates me more than anything else is when they're inconsistent. So. You know, Smith is getting his shirt ragged off him in Middler Park. Nothing's given. Nothing's given at all. You know, his shirt's so high up, you can see most of his chest and his belly. You know, he, he looks like he's almost half shirtless, you know what I mean? And then somebody, goalkeeper, just falls to the floor under a, under a, under a bit of a challenge and it's a, it's a, it's a free kick. You know, it, 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 none of it just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Don't make any sense to me, and I don't understand now. <laughs> I don't understand how you can be so inconsistent at your job and still keep it. You know, if any of us, any of us, were, were were really good at our jobs one minute, doing one thing, and then doing the same thing next minute, making a mistake, and so on and so forth throughout the day, you'd be sacked. At least you'd be pulled aside and told, "This is what you need to do. You need to do it consistently. You need to do it all, say the same all the time." It doesn't happen, does it? And that's what's frustrating about it. So frustrating. Yeah. But you know, listen, <clears throat> listen. If we get promoted, mate, this is going to be every single single game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. No question. Because because I know I keep saying it, but the standard up in the championship is far worse than it is in this division. Yeah, we've had some howlers this year, but we've had some decent referees as well. Mm. You know, the last two seasons in the championship, I can apart from the Australian lad Gerard, whatever his name Jared, is, Jared Gillett. Jared Gillett. I don't. I cannot pick. I cannot say and remember a decent game that any referee has had. Mm. 
So yeah. well, you know, he's a Premier he's a Premier League ref now. That tells you. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Scott Grundy says, Matt, we think we think we need a weekly Mick rant introduction. Next season, we may <laughs> well try and get a jingle together. <laughs> Mick's rant of the week or something like that. What but then you're putting about? pressure on me. You're putting pressure on me then, and then I have to do research and all sorts, and I'm not getting involved in that. I've told you. <laughs> I've made my I've made my stance very clear on that. Don't do research, don't get involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. But let's give some sort of credit to the referee because he did give us a penalty, Mick. Um, I saw a few um, Oxford fans suggesting it was soft and a dive. Uh, it was a nailed-on penalty, and he tried fouling from corner flag to almost wherever Chio fell over. It, yeah. it, it was a foul all the way. Uh, yeah, it was. I've, I've seen a tweet from one of the Oxford fans um, later on today retracting his original tweet. Mm. I mean, fair play to the laddies. Yeah. You know, instead of deleting his tweet, he's come back and said, I've looked at that, it's a Stonewall penalty. Um, I've been watched it again. So, yeah, I mean, it was. It clearly was a, an absolute Stonewall penalty. And, and the lad knew he were beaten before he got in the area. So why he waited to foul him, you know, till he got in the area to foul him is a bit is a bit bizarre. But I think he's a young lad into the 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 the, um, the, the, the defender that, um, that fouled him. I think he's quite so, new yeah. to the side. So a little bit of naivety there. But took great, great work from Chio. Uh, yeah, yeah, brill. Yeah, um, and then came the penalty itself, Danny. I was a bit worried because when the, when the, when when penalty was given, nobody went over to the ball and just took it under their arm and ah, I'm taking it. It was also they were all a bit unsure who was going to take it. Uh, but then Barlasser steps up, and it's almost the perfect penalty to hit it that hard, that low. The keeper's just got no chance at all, has he? No, not at all. But Barlasser, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but. He sort of he hits it just to the left of centre, which mm. is interesting because on the um, on the broadcast, if you watch it back, you actually hear Oxford Venn shouting, um, "Stay in the middle!" I think that's what they say out anyway. Basically, tell the oh. keeper stay in the middle because Barcelona always goes down the middle, um, and because it's, it's so hard and ever so slightly to the left, just completely throwing the keeper, and he doesn't move until the ball's already past him. Um, what we know, what we get from Barlasser, he's fantastic at penalties. Um, it's just the pure pace behind the ball that gets in the net, and it makes it very, very hard to save for any keeper, really. But <laughs> one thing I do want to draw attention to is that I watched the uh, the Quest coverage of it, and their commentator that they had on our little section, we got a very cheeky comment in. I don't think he likes Rotherham. I think he's a Wednesday fan. Um, because it's when Woody goes down for his penalty, mm. and um, and it says, "Oh, that, uh, blatant penalty on Richard Wood." But given Rotherham's recent run of form, they wouldn't have scored it anyway. It's like <laughs> he's like you cheeky sods. <laughs> I think we've only missed like one penalty in that hasn't been a penalty shootout all season. <laughs> but, yeah, but so we're having that, that shootouts, we're experts. Um... <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've, we've won. We've only lost one penalty shootout and only missed one penalty during the 90 minutes. So to say we wouldn't score it, it's like, you cheeky wee <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, we've missed a lot a lot of easier chances than penalties recently, though, haven't we? So let's be fair. Yeah. It's probably a fair comment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very, very true. Um, but then it, it was only 2-1, Mick, but the game was sealed. Like, so they, made, they had a moment or two, um, as they're going to do, because we're not perfect. But we were just so much better than a while as you were unlucky not to finish the game off. There were a couple of chances or two. But I've said I said this earlier 10 minutes ago. 
it was so comfortable. It was one of the most comfortable two ones I think you'll potentially mm. ever see. They were never really in the game ever, especially the second half. Yeah, it was interesting, weren't it? Because we, were, we, we like like the Ipswich game. You know, we saw that out very, very comfortably. Uh, and to be fair, with the exception, like you say, of a couple of openings that they, they, they did carve, um, we, we we never really looked in much danger, did we? Um, we, we? We managed it out, managed the game really well, and, and we're unlucky not to get another one. Um, I'd have put my house on Ben Wilde scoring that goal, but he mm. uh, he took his final touch before he before he. Um, before he took his shot, was just a little bit too heavy. Just went too far in front of him, um, and his touch was his touch was off a little bit. A few times yesterday, it, it didn't stick as as well as it has done. Um, but I'm not. That's not a criticism of him. That's what I mean. We we forty forty four games into the season, plus all the cup matches. You know what I mean? It's the legs are starting to get tired, aren't they? Um, so, but yeah, yeah, we just sort of came out comfortably. I thought. Now looking back at the time, I didn't obviously. Oh, at the time, it was not it was not comfortable at all. Um, no. But uh, <laughs> Will Roebuck did Danny tell Victor to run to the camera um, as, as the game came to its conclusion? Um, Victor ran into the crowd. Literally ran into the crowd. We put a little thing up on on Twitter. I put the best best bits of Victor from your vlog, Danny. And as PowerMed UK, we need to get Tony Stewart to fix the Victor cam up. <laughs> because he was just, I, I, he was brilliant, wasn't he yesterday? He, was, he just, he just means so much. He's not, he's not the only one, obviously, but it just means so much to him. Yeah, it's worth paying the the twenty six pounds just to watch Victor's reactions at New York Stadium, <laughs> isn't it? But yeah, um, especially when um, Barlaston missed that sweet as a nut strike that he that he did mm. that only just went over at crossbar. The fact that he falls to his knees about it, it's like <laughs> he, he's he's, def, he's definitely spotted the phone. That's out, and I, I don't know if he's play, if he's playing up to it or just he's or, or what. But the bit at the end, as soon as the full time whistle goes, he's in the he's in the crowd, which is fantastic. Yeah. And it just goes to show how invested he is with this club that he's willing to do something like that. And AFC Ethan has echoed my thought process exactly. The Swedish GK, the cycling GK, correct. I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, Victor, start your own YouTube channel, put a GoPro behind the goal, and you will surpass <laughs> Ben Foster very, very quickly. <laughs> yes. Or at least start watching the Cycling GK for ideas, because Victor's reactions are 10 out of 10 to everything that he does. It's like we had the uh, reaction for the Ipswich game, which was class mm. when we full-time went, and then jumping in the crowd right at the end was class as well. And, um, <laughs> and, and every time... We scored down the opposite end. He always turns around and celebrates with the crowd, just not in the crowd, which is great. Um, but he can't watch penalties at all, can he? Every time there's a penalty down the opposite end, he turns, he turns away from it <laughs> and just waits for our reaction. But yeah, Victor's reaction's class. We should make, I tell you what, we could make a reaction channel. Um, New York Talk <laughs> reacts, and it's just Victor's reactions all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Power Med UK also says this is this, this plays into the post match. Victor and Chio are like a bunch of fans on the pitch. Oh, Chio and his hat. Chio with a Chio hat. And his hat oh, at the end. <laughs> that was fantastic. They were amazing. Oh, I love it. It's diff- it's, uh, it's so easy to like this bunch of players, making it. They're just great. Victor, Victor and Chio are really obvious ones, but they're all just great to watch. And I'm, I'm so, yeah. I so want them to do well. For themselves, no mind because I want to support the club. They all deserve yeah. to do well as well. 
Yeah, they do, and they're a great bunch of a great bunch of players. Absolutely fantastic bunch of players, you know. Um, and 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 they're clearly playing for each other as well as the club, and and they're invested in it and and everything else. It's I don't know. I just I I find it. I've had quite a few uh, discussions on Twitter this week over the some of the criticisms of Warney and what have you, and. I find it impossible to get my head around the fact that anybody can criticise them. Anybody, any, it just, I, I, it doesn't compute with me, you know. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not being sort of having a pop at people or anything like that. I genuinely don't understand it. I don't understand why, you know, that when we lose a game, we're we're on everybody's back. When you see the reaction, the way that they are together, particularly after the game yesterday, but you know how invested they are in the game when they play, when they're winning, when, when things are going well. Um, you know, it's it's a great squad. There's no doubt about it. Whatever happens this season, God forbid that we lose our next two games and lose in playoffs and don't go up. God forbid that that happens. But even if that did happen, we have had a hell of a ride this season. A hell of a ride, you know, with um, and with some absolute quality players. And we'll look back at this squad in two or three years' time, um, with in, with the same um, affection that we'll look back at some of the players that Fatty Evans brought in, you know. But but you know the, the likes of Carrie Arneson and, and, and people like that, James Tavern, T- uh, James Tavernier, 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 and and, <laughs> and and some of the others that he brought in, but. They are not a patch on together on on the quality of this squad, in my view, you know, and and, and a lot of that is down to the the culture uh, and the environment that's being created for them to flourish and to thrive. Um, so yeah, fantastic! It's fantastic to see, um, and fantastic to see how together they were. Mm. Yeah, Cheryl's done. Uh, this is the story Chio told yesterday. She loves that Paul Warren invited Chio for Christmas dinner just in case Chio was on his own. Um, yeah, it's just wonderful. And we, I don't know if you would listen to the interview with Chio in on Radio Sheffield, Danny, but you just can't listen to Chio and just not love him. He's just brilliant. <laughs> he's just he just sounds happy all the time, and he speaks really well. He's not like a typical idiot football. He's clearly very intelligent as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great. I think Chio is just the quintessential modern footballer, isn't he? He's just happy to play the game, and you know, and he's buzzing when you're winning, but he's not completely down in the dumps when you lose. Um, and he's just happy to be there, isn't he, Chio? Which is fantastic mm-hmm. to see. And all oh, set to Warney inviting him around for Christmas dinner. Can I have my invite next year, please? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I know he offered it up to a few players, didn't he? The uh, invite mm. for Christmas dinner. Um, which again puts Warney as a quintessential modern manager. It's not always about screaming and and barking orders to the players. Sometimes it's about just a little bit of nurturing and being more of a, a father figure rather than a manager to him. Um, and I think that's why this squad is so invested in the team. Maybe minus Freddie, but he must have his reasons somewhere um, in that. But with the rest of them, it's like people keep saying they've spoken to Mikel Miller, we've spoken to Victor about potentially signing new deals and they say if we're offered one, we'd love to. Reggie's loving his loan. I imagine Taladji's loving his loan as well. Um, Will Grigg has loved his loan here as well to the point where he's on comms. 
with them, okay. with Matt Goodwin. And I think all of that is based around Paul Warren. I think if you ask any player, what's the main reason for your signing for the club? And it's like, well, it's how the manager sold it. And I think that's one of Paul Warren's many feathers in his cap. He sells this club very well, doesn't he? He sells it by telling them why they shouldn't sign, which makes them want to sign anyway. And then becomes like a, a nurturing sort of teacher or father figure to some of them, which is fantastic, isn't it? I mean, it, it, he, has, he has his criticisms, both from, from us and from fans, and sometimes they go a little bit too far. But as a whole, as a manager, he's been a breath of fresh air, not just for us, but for the EFL as a whole, I think. Mm. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, AJKRUC says Victor sometimes sings along with the chants of the trance. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. That is brilliant. That is quality. Um, Philip Rawlinson, what a season. Yet there's still some fans saying Paul One's out of his depth. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. Let's talk about some more individual performances. Midfield was very, very good. Yesterday was uh, Ollie Rathman's 50th appearance. Of the season, because the only sign that someone makes with 50 games already. Um, and he could barely walk by the end of the game. What a game, Oli <laughs> Rafferty. It first half was quiet, but the second half was just, he were immense. He was he was contending for man of match for me. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah it was. I, I, he must still be out of breath now, you know, <laughs> 36 hours later or whatever it is. I don't know. But it just, it just goes on and on and on and on and on, doesn't it? Um, and then after that, he goes on and on a bit more. Yeah. It, it, he, he is immense. He's a hell of a player. He's, he, he's you know, he is a, he's, he's a crooksy without the goals, isn't he? Without the height and goals. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it's, 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 it's everywhere you look. Um, and if, if only we could find a place for him and Jamie Lindsay to play together, because when they have played together, believe it or not, we, when we would, I would certainly never have believed it. They play really well together. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, well, I had a great game. I had a great game, did the lad. And and again, somebody else that's so clearly invested in what's happening. You know, you watch it again afterwards. You watch them after, and they they're just happy to be with each other. Mm. Uh, and I know that sounds a bit pappy, doesn't it? And a bit, I don't know. It does. It sounds a bit pappy, but it's massively important. It's hugely, hugely important. You know, because that that kind of attitude can bring a bad team up three or four notches. But when you've got a cracking team as well, with the ability that this team have got, it can take them up five or six notches. And that's what that's what Warren has done with this this squad this season. And 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 Ollie Rathbone is is a prime example of that. You know, we we are not even at the end of the season and he's already got his 50th appearance for us on and in his first season. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's mad. Crazy. Mm. Carl Scott always being for a cell bunny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, um, I'd love to know what he has in his tea in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Best he, does, he does a Jimmy Vardy and just downs a couple of Red Bulls before he starts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where's uh, got a comment here? Jay Boy says the EFL season presentations are on as we speak. Smith is nominated for player of the season. Uh, if that comes through when we're recording, we'll talk about it. He should win it. He won't win it. Oh, uh, uh, Scott, I think Scott Twine and Barry Bannon are also nominated. I think Scott Twine will get it, to be of honest with you. Mm. Um, of course he will. It's from down south. That's that weird looking lad, isn't it? I don't know. Is he weird? Ah, he looks like he's made out of plastic, doesn't he? 
Just <laughs> saying. Just my opinion. Not saying he is. <laughs> uh, that, because <laughs> I might have offended somebody there, but. <laughs> do you do you, do you understand how live works, Mick? Oh no, not really. <laughs> I'm not, I, I, as you as you are very very well aware that uh, not the last podcast but the one before we spent five minutes talking when we weren't even live. Um, <laughs> yeah. well that, I don't know what live means. <laughs> That's true. Um, Scott Grundy says Ollie's Ollie's dad Ollie Rathbun's dad Mick was interviewed on Talksport and he said that Rotherham it, it was a great club. Uh, yeah, he's doing a book promotion. He's, he's, he's uh, done another book. Um, that's all I've got, really. I don't, I, I, <laughs> Mark, must move on. Mark Gambles says, pick a midfield four from Barlasser, Frecklington, Will Volks, Richie Smallwood, Ollie Rathburn and Ben Wiles. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine all them at the same side at the peak? Good Lord. Who would be a football manager, eh? <laughs> you know what I'd go for there? And, and this is this is, I would have Marlasa, Frecklington, Rathbone, and Wiles. You'd have no Volks or Smallwood. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't need them. They could be sat with Barry Bannon on bench. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that and that's a sign for me that three out of that four are current players in the current squad, current starters. That's how good they are. Mm. The only person out of that for me that would improve it is Lee Frecklington, but Lee Frecklington would improve any midfield for me. That's true. That is very, very true. J-Boy says, I also think we should sign Tutu. He's been brilliant for his few last few matches. From an attacking point of view, I completely agree. I think he's come on leaps and bounds in the very short time he's come on to us. Um, defensively, like I've already mentioned, for the goal, there are massive questions. He seems to lack a bit of fight and a bit of aggression. Um, mm. But maybe that'll come if you, if you keep if you kept playing for something like Rotherham United, I think that'd probably naturally come because he, he clearly wants to. He's, he's clearly trying. I just don't think he's going. He's naturally a fighter. I don't think is what is what I see. Yeah. I think you can also put that down to he's missed quite a fair bit of his career through injuries. So he, as we've seen as well, he he, um, he, he definitely got a very very high pain threshold, very low pain threshold answer because um, mm. last couple he's had to go off injured, but he has come straight back in. Um, that could be his investment in the side. I don't know, but when you've seen so much of, a, of his already short career injured, I think he, he he does just try and he just backs off a little bit from going into the meaty challenges. But if we were to sign him as a permanent player, he would you know bed himself in and get more confident, and then keep building himself up, and then he would go into challenges like we saw that with Chio. Chio had a spell where he didn't go in for the meaty challenges. Because he was injured more or less straight away after coming to us, and he's come on leaps and bounds, and you know maybe Aussie two two could go the same way. Mm. Yeah, he's exciting. He's very very exciting. Mm. Um, when it, when he's getting at players, Mick, he just looks. The defenders look like they're frightened of him. They look terrified of him yeah. because he is very very quick. Yeah, yeah, he is quick, but he's also extremely skillful. He's probably more skillful than Chio. His, his close ball control is so good. Yeah, uh, and how many times so far has he been half a touch away from being cleaned through? And a couple of times he has been cleaned through. He's got so much potential, that kid. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I'm I'm still not hundred percent convinced on how committed he is to to us, but clearly he's here on loan and, and he's here to get match time. So you know, it's 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 a it's a bit of a difficult situation for him 
in the sense that you know he, he, that's why he's here, but he's here. He's, he's trying to do that in an incredibly high pressure situation uh, for the club and for the team and for the fans. So you know, I, I can I can probably guess that's suggest that's possibly why I'm of that view. You know, that he's not hundred percent committed. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, he's, he's he's a hell of a player. He's an absolute hell of a player. I can't. I mean, we'd never. We he's not somebody that I don't think we could ever probably afford. Uh, quite honestly, but but we'll see. Um, mm. You know, it depends what happens in the next two games, um, and then we can start speculating on, you know, what's going to happen to the squad next season, depending on where we are. So, uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a he is a, a class act. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And and to be fair to him, after the game, you know, he, when he was coming around with players, he was clearly enjoying himself, clearly having... And when Dan Barlasser scored that penalty, he were, you know, he were, he, he, his, his, his behaviour was just so sweet. So sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really bought into it at that point. So um, yeah. maybe I'm all right. Maybe I've got it all wrong. <laughs> I think so. I hope so. Uh, John Oxtoby asks, where was, uh, where was, where's Crooksy in that best midfield lineup? <laughs> We've got to fill some episodes in summer. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, have, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. try and get them all on one episode and let them just argue it out and see who wins. Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah. top four make the midfield. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Paul Boxer, was in the, he was sat in the change room at one o'clock with Ollie Rathbun and Mikel Miller, who were watching the Manu Arsenal game. They were very funny as they follow opposite teams. Such great camaraderie. Yeah, Rathbun, I assume, is a Manu fan because he came with their youth. Mikel Miller's a Londoner, so I assume he's Arsenal. Um, Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, we had another comment. A slight negative is Paul Banfield asks, Carton's to fully understand why we took Harding off. Thought he had a very decent I thought I thought he had a very good game. Paul Banfield thinks he's a decent game. Hope he's okay. Not picked up an injury. When they were walking round at the end, I think he was holding a bag of ice, mm. which is a slight concern. Um mm. so we can sort of forgive that, Danny. At the time I was saying everybody around me was saying, Why are you doing that? That's a stupid defensive substitution. You're inviting pressure upon yourself. But he was clearly injured. So, what, what is he going to do? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think um, what I just wonder is muscles blew up a little bit, and you know, if you've got the the people on the bench who can do the job, you, you make the substitution, you don't risk him. Um, and where we are, thankfully, in a position where we don't have to risk players too badly when they've had a, a muscle blow up. Um, because we've not really heard anything on Twitter about it or Paul Davis hasn't reported anything on it. So I imagine he will be OK for Tuesday um, because our, our man at the advertiser is very quick on stuff like that, isn't he? How man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he works in New York Talks, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Darren Simpson, as mentioned, Paul once said there was no injuries, um, which is good. We have a few questions from Michael about Michael Moore asking, will Joe Matic leave? But I received mentions when he came on, Mick. He had a good game. And he brings that he brings that uh, seniority, that experience. And I know it's a defensive sub, and I don't like it. I know it had to do it, but it worked. Matic was very good. Listen, you remember back to the last season in championship or last season Joe Matic played in championship. He was as solid as a rock, and he was a it was a disappointment to us when um, when we lost him to injury, mm. he's got some more years in him yet as dramatic, very, very experienced defender. And 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 the benefit to us of, of moving him 
away from that left back, left wing back slot into a central defensive role, just just gives us a, a, that little bit more flexibility as well, and that more experience in an area where experience is crucial um, at the back. So. I don't think he'll leave. I hope he doesn't leave uh, because I think he's going to be a valuable player for us for a couple of seasons yet to come. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him see his career out with us personally, but that obviously depends on him and what's best for him and and the club. But for me, I'd, I, I, there's no way, there's no way. I don't get this um, this sort of negativity when he's when he's named it squad. You know, he, he gets named it squad or gets named it first in starting eleven, and all of a sudden there's. There's negativity and I find it a bit bizarre, a bit peculiar. He seems very, very short-sighted because he is a very, very good player still. Mm. No question, particularly at this level. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And I, obviously, Ethan, we could talk about all players. He's been the unsung hero for a solid as rock, but sometimes I'm mistaken. And yeah, sometimes he has 50p had done it occasionally. Mm. Um, but he's been such a good player this season. He's been missed for me, other than a very short spell, he's been Mr. Consistent. Um He's out of contract. This this could be the last time we see Michael Smith, Michael Hickory, a number of other players. This could be the last time we've ever seen them at New York Stadium in a Red Rodham shirt. Uh, we obviously hope that's not the case for a lot of them. Um, but it could very well be the last time. So, hope we've enjoyed them. I hope it is the last time this season, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, let's... Paul Brock wants to ruin our idea of Carl Robinson. He says, I spoke with Carl Robinson before the game, and to be fair, he was great with us and all the mascots. Somebody asked him if he would do us a favour and said he wouldn't even do that for his nan. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think he probably pay, plays up to the Mardi persona, Mick. Uh, yeah, he's clearly, he can't be that Mardi in life. He wouldn't get to where he was if he was actually <laughs> that Mardi. He just wouldn't, would he? Um, no. But it, I think he sort of enjoys the the play the pantomime villain, do they? Yeah, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does, and and we're only too happy to oblige in, in criticising him for it, aren't we? You know, we'll we'll keep that going for him as long as uh, as long as he wants. You know, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he is a nice bloke. I'm sure. You know, outside the football pitch, outside the the dressing room area, the football environment, uh, I'm. Uh, it, it may well be a nice enough bloke, but you know, as far as as far as Rotherham United's concerned, he's he's one of our Nemesis, nemeses, whatever the word is, uh, and it's always lovely to get one over on him. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's little things, little things. I think said everything that I've said there. You know that he might be a nice guy. There's there's certain little things about people that you notice that give away the true character, aren't they? You know what I mean? Um, and prior to the game, he's not involved in any of the coaching. None of it, none of it whatsoever. Which, to be fair, most managers aren't. You know, one is the exception rather than the rule. Um, but he has to come out and, and clap the fans twice, you know, just on his own, just to make sure that they all know he's there and, and he can soak up that sort of admiration. Uh, and he did that yesterday. And then five minutes later, he went and did it again because he enjoyed it so much first time, you know, so they could massage his ego a little bit. <laughs> little things like that, you know, he, they're, they're the kind of measure of, of the man because Paul Warren did not take part in that uh, lap at the end of the um, mm, end of the him. match, because as far as he's concerned, that's all about the players. His work is not done. The players' work's not done. But that's all about the players. It's not about Paul Warren, and that's the difference. That's the difference. And for whoever it was who I had the conversation with on on Twitter about Steve Evans, 
Steve Evans would have been at the front of that queue wandering around the pitch on, on Saturday afternoon because it's all about Steve Evans and it's all about um, Carl Robinson and, and, and other managers like that. That's the difference. And it's a massive, crucial difference for me uh, between our manager and a lot of the and, and the also runs. Yeah, fair enough. Danny, anything to add on uh, Mr. Robinson or our mate Carl? Um, there was a moment during the game where I don't quite know what was said, but the um, some of the some of the fans in the West End definitely got under the skin of the um, mm, of the away dugout, and there was a little bit of a kerfuffle, and uh, it was actually Carl Robinson who calmed it all down and shook one of our fans hands about it and diffused it. So I can say fair play on that one. Um and he's you know he's not just protected his team but he's also um had a word we are we are fan and the situation got diffused very quickly. Um but just to completely turn that on his head, Carl Robinson very much reminds me of Dr. Robotnik from Sonic. You know that pro- that that pantomime that pantomime villain. You know it was like an arch who tries to architect your, your downfall by any means necessary. Uh, but thankfully, our, but thankfully, our Sonic uh, Sonic of a squad overcame him this time. But all he needs to do is grow the big moustache so he can sit there and twirl it. That that's the one thing he needs to do, and he's and he's the the pantomime villain. But I don't know. I, I have a I have a little bit of. Um, Little bit of respect for him because one of those managers where he dishes it out, but he can also take it at the same time, yeah. which is in my book a fair play on his part. I never thought I'd be a part of a podcast where we were actually actually complimenting Carl Robinson. I'm finding, <laughs> I'm finding it really hard. I'm finding it really really difficult, and it's only because we won. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I made him a compliment and then just tore him down by saying he looks like Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> oh yeah. So if he comes next season with a completely bald head and a big giant ginger moustache next season, <laughs> he's listened. You know how he's listened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are um, you in the comments? Says, look at a tweet on Twitter. If true, one field goes, do we go for him? Now this is from somebody on Twitter. Sounds like Will Volk's potentially leaving Cardiff in the summer, out of contract. Um, would we take him back? Yes. 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 Yes, but there's also it'll be his words at Cardiff are much much higher. We can dream, we can dream, can't we? Bring Frex back and all, sod it. Um, (laughs) AJK says, Can we pitch invade at Gillingham? Now, I'm pretty sure that we can't organize a pitch invasion because this is recorded, you know, that type of thing. But Um, they can't stop us, (laughs) (laughs) can't stop 2000 (laughs) Rotherham. Don't do it. Um, brilliant, yeah. And as we got coming, Alfie was my was mascot. It's, it's, it's Alfie, it's fun being a mascot at the game yesterday. Met all the players, told Chio to shoot, 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 and said good luck to all of them. Smith was in front of Chio, and Smith said to Chio, You need to shoot. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Um, oh, 57 minutes, we're not even touched on the Sunderland game yet. Um, having a stinker tonight, aren't we? <laughs> uh, anything, anything else we need to cover from? The Oxford games. We talk about where it leaves the situation before ahead of the Sunderland game. Um, Morecambe couldn't do us a favour and couldn't secure their League One status um, because they lost 2 0 away. MK Dons, MK Dons were at home. Um, Wigan picked up a late point um, at home to Plymouth, sorry. So we are we sit three points behind Wigan. They have a slightly better goal difference, having played the same amount of games. And we sit level on points with MK Dons. 
with a game in hand with a six better goal difference as it stands. So all we need to do is match MK Don's points total in their final game, and we have two games to match their points total. That's basically oh, we should point out that turns out you know this uh, this is a surprise. Sheffield Wednesday are not going to get automatic promotion. Um, I know. Unbelievable scenes. Can't believe. You know what they should do? You know what they should do? They should sack the manager. (laughs) (laughs) That this week, obviously, and clearly, obviously, if they're getting playoffs, and they they should reinstate him. But at the moment, I think they should sack the manager. (laughs) I mean, last week you were brilliant because they could still make automatic promotion, automatic. Spaces, places, but uh, but now they can't. They should sack him. He's useless. Unless they get in playoffs, then they should keep him on. If they win playoffs, then they should keep him on. But if they don't win playoffs, then they should sack him. But if they get to final, <laughs> keep him on. Uh, but then if you lose it final, then you should sack him. Anyway, unless you go to extra time, again, <laughs> might get four, and you need to <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what it's like being a Sheffield Wednesday supporter, mate. That's exactly <laughs> how it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's 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 how everything sets up. Obviously, we know our running fixtures. We've got Sunderland away, and then Gillingham away. We can have Portsmouth away on Tuesday, and then go away to Shrewsbury. So Shrewsbury is not a bad way to finish the season, really. Uh, but Portsmouth is going to be difficult, as we found out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and MK Don's last game of the season, I think, is away to Plymouth which is comfortably the hardest of all three teams in terms of final day fixtures. Um, let's do the sw- let's do the Sunderland preview, then we'll sort of talk about permutations and whatnot. Um, a couple of stats for Mick. As I say, I put a bit of F into this mix, so you can, if you can at least pretend to be interested. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate it. We have never won at the Stadium of Light. We have two wow. draws and a defeat. Yeah. Uh, the next one's even worse. Um, we haven't won in Sunderland since 1959. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, <laughs> you were? Yeah, yeah. Just, just getting into your mid-30s, weren't you? Yeah, probably, yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, as pointed out by many people on Twitter, and if you haven't heard this already, I apologise for ruining your Sunday evening slash Monday. Bobby Madley is the referee on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on telly. Oh, it's not on telly, is it? It's not on telly, it thank you. Um... <laughs> I don't know what to say to that, Dan, to be honest with you. It was he, him against Wickham was the worst performance, refereeing performance of the season. I know we've had some bad ones. That was the worst. It wasn't as terrible against, against Hartlepool, but it certainly wasn't good. And that's a concern that we're playing a big team. We're playing big team, and refs like him tend to bow down to home pressure. From him. I, that's what I think, anyway. I mean, I mean, technically, we're the bigger team than Sunderland because we're higher up the league, so we might actually play into our favour. Well, that's wishful thinking, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, we just need to play to play to our strengths and get the jobs done. Um, just don't, don't try and play up to the referee. Um, if he makes an absolute honking decision, then of course you can um challenge him on it, like Woody and Nicky do from time to time, mm. but I think. In a game as big as this, it's just focus on your own jobs and do that effectively and we'll see it through. Don't rely on the referee to make a decision going your way because it probably won't in our case. Um, 
but hopefully it's a refereeing performance close to the Hartlepool where it was actually okay rather than Wickham when it was just, you know, um, yeah, do our do our jobs, don't rely on the referee, and we should be okay. Yeah. Um, J-Boy says another stat for us, which we'll see in the, soon this evening, that for the first time this season, we are not going in as Bucky's favourites. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, not, I mean, it's not, strange that we're not favourites, Mick. We're, we're second in league. And Sunderland are in playoffs. I know, I know they're at home, but surely for me, we come into this as favourites. And I, I, that's that's not me. That's not me saying we are definitely going to win. Well, you would have said yeah, so, wouldn't on. you? You would have said yeah. so. Um, I, I don't know what the odds are. Um, on uh, certainly from bookies, I wouldn't take blindest bit of notice. Yeah, we're, we're slightly um, we're slightly down on on the odds, but what a bookies know? They know nothing, do they? All they know how to do is take money off you, so that that makes no difference. And and we're underdogs. We like being underdogs anyway. If that's the case, you know what I mean. If that is actually, uh, if there's any any sort of um, any sort of accuracy to that sort of uh, that sort of thing, which we all know that there isn't. So mm. um, it, it's, it's it's all based on what you've talked about there. Previous stats and previous stats have very little bearing on. On, on the full ninety minutes, so mm. um, but whatever, I don't care. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a consequence, is it? Really, just got to do there and like Danny says, do our job. Mm. But don't forget, and like Sam Tuck says here, if Sunderland get thirty thousand fans, they will start with the goal advantage. So that's yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. that's probably one of the favourites. That's one of the favourites, isn't it? Uh, that's probably what it is. That's probably <laughs> what's tipped it over the um, the fifty fifty chance, isn't it? The fact that. Um, They've got a lot of fans, which, um, as you as you write, as as, uh, as Sam right the points out there, is, is a one goal start in it. So I don't know if, if anybody knows anything about betting. There's, there's the Asian handicap stuff where you can bet uh, on a team to win minus one goal. You know, like say if Man City are playing Hartlepool, you can you can mm. back take a go, take a, uh, a goal off Man City, and that's that's your starting point. Should we should do that like an attendance handicap, shouldn't we? The same sort of thing. So Sunderland will be plus one or even plus two. You know they'll start plus two goals. And uh, Wendy's obviously start plus fifteen uh, against everybody <laughs> they play um, because they're all so massive. It, it, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ring Bet three six five up and say I'm gonna, I'm gonna float this idea to them. I, I, I think I'm onto something here. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should do it. Definitely. Um, Forget the Asian on... handicap. The attendance handicap. <laughs> yeah, um, we have a list of their players. It's extremely long. I'm looking at their squad list. Um, they have goals in their team, and it's fair to say that uh, Ross Wallace, uh, sorry, Ross Stewart, is I think he's going to end at wing. He'll got League One's Golden Boot. He has 24 goals this season from 44 league. That's league games. Um, but their next highest goal scorer has nine. Um, so they are. They're obviously not a one-man team, Danny. You don't you don't get playoffs by being a one-man team. But if you can cut out Ross Stewart's goals, that that hurts them. That would hurt them a lot in terms of their their progress on Tuesday. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, Ross Stewart is effectively their Michael Smith, isn't he? Mm. Um, he's had a very good season. I agree, um, and he is a very dangerous player, but. You know, the same can be said for Michael Smith with us. You know, if you take Michael Smith out of it, you're not going to score. 
Um, well, at least that's what it says on paper. But I think um, we've got more goal scorers high up the scoring chart. You know, we've got Freddie on 15. Uh, I think Wales has scored 10, I think. Double figures, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has got nine. So we've got a fair few players pushing up. But like I say, they've got Stewart with 24 and the next one's nine. And as John S has just put in the comments, he is in a little bit of a dry spell. So it's effectively nailed on. He's going to score against us because that's what happened with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, if we if we keep him quiet, then we'll be in with a good shout, I think. But I think with Sunderland, you just have to keep try and keep everybody quiet, don't you? Because especially, especially when they're at home as well, because I think yeah. they are one of the best home sides in the league. I think the other one that's pipped to me is Wednesday, to be honest. Um, about but Barlaster has ten. Uh, so is it Wiles with nine, or are they both on ten? Because if they're both on ten, that's exceptional. Bear with me. Soccer base, soccer base says nine for Barlaster, <laughs> but I don't think I includes yesterday. Um, ah. Fred is on eleven for the league. Ben Wiles is on ten in all competitions. Right. Okay. So yeah, we've we've got goals in our midfield, which is nice. Um, mm. but yeah, uh, Tuesday is going to be a, a very. I always say it on the vlogs, but it's going to be a very very interesting game. And I think it is probably the highest stakes game we've ever played against Sunderland at the Stadium of Light. So anything can happen, I think. <laughs> On Tuesday, anything can happen. Nintendo's time playoffs. playoffs. Well, let's, let's not start <laughs> that yet, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, you're out of the point out there. Their home record, uh, they are have now played 22 home games. So one, one, this is their final home game of the season. Uh, and they sit on 50 points level with Sheffield Wednesday. At the top of the of the League One home table, uh, only four defeats in twenty-two so far. So beatable, beatable, but we are beatable as well. Um, let's go with how we want to line up. Before we talk about some results, what we think it may may happen, Mick. Um, how do you think we will set up in terms of the personnel? Pretty much the same. I would argue if if there's no new injuries, I can't see any reason to change it. To be honest with you, mm. um, why would you? I mean, it's as simple as that, really. I, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't. I, don't change. It's working. We're back to we're back to playing to the levels that we were playing at, as we've as we've already said earlier on the podcast. That you know, back to October, November levels. Why? why you know, the time that we beat Sunderland five one. I, I think. I think. Why would you change? Why would you change? Mm. Yeah. So you're just going to turn starting eleven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, nice and simple. Anything to change, barring injuries? Could you see any changes? Um, no, I don't think so. I think this is the the final biggest game of the season, and uh, it could not mathematically, but effectively seal promotion with our game in hand. Mm. Um. Because if if we if we do beat Sunderland, and uh, and then all we need to do is get at least a point at Gillingham, and we are promoted, and it is that that easy now. Um, so I, I, yeah, I can see same same starting eleven purely with Woody in the middle for that experience and um, and controlling of the game, and um, yeah, I, I think um, Bachan's winning formula. You know, we've, we've put in a good performance against Oxford, so hopefully it can be the same again. Yeah, absolutely. Alfie not says, what happened with the Shearer's Sh- 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 shirt? Because I've heard that Alan Shearer has posters of Michael Smith on his wall. Um, <laughs> like, 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 like. 
Um, and Scott Grundy with the big question: Who will Will Grigg be supporting on Tuesday night? Mm. Yes, I don't. I don't think I'll be on comms for this one. Like, I, I don't think that I'll go oh, down imagine. too well. <laughs> <laughs> the at light, <laughs> cheering the goals on comms. Um, it's just a shame because we, we obviously went to the game on Saturday. We listened on Tuesday, Mick. I enjoyed Griggy on commentary last Tuesday. One of the few yeah, entertaining yeah. bits of the game, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was good. It was good. Absolutely. Uh, score predictions. I will go first, and I'm going to go one nil to Rotherham United. Because why not? Well, what did I? What did I put it yesterday? I predicted three nil. I'm going to go three nil. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny. Um, this is where it gets tough because every team that we've quote unquote battered at New York, we've come up short against in the return fixture, mm-hmm. and it's actually evened out the score. You know, like Portsmouth beat them four one and then lost three nil, Burton we won three one and then lost two nil, so we're level pegging it. But in honestly, I don't think Sunderland will beat us four nil. That that's I think ludicrous to think that, um, and I'd never forgive myself if I did predict that. So I am going to go with a 2-1 Rotherham win. Well, I think I think we'll score we'll score first, Sunderland will equalise, and then we'll say Barlasser will score winner because it'll be funny, yes, won't it? <laughs> uh Danny, uh, Mick, no, I've put it in the wrong box. Two one says Danny. Mick. God, I don't know. Do you know I've been thinking while you two have been talking about it? I still can't I can't, I don't know. I, I'm gonna go one nil Millers. <laughs> I'm going to go clean sheet for Victor because uh, I wanted to keep a clean sheet and I, I'd, I'd love to see Barlasser score another a screamer this time. Um, so, yeah, 1-0 Millers. That would just be heaven, wouldn't it? It'd just be, yeah. it'd just be the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Harvey Kilt says 1-0. Ethan says 2-1. Two, two, Scott Grunner says 1-1. One, one. Cooper, Steve Cooper says 2-0. Jack Phillips says 4-0. Sweet. Uh, John S, 1-0 to the Millers. Reg, 3-1. Powermed puts his wig and Pompey prediction, says Portsmouth will win 2-0 and we will win 3-0. <laughs> um, YouTube user says 3-1 to us. Carl Scott, 1-1. Uh, and a player says 3-1. Paul Brooks says 1-1. John S says 3-1 to Portsmouth. Jerry M. Simpson says Smith to score, but no prediction again from her, because this is the stage of the season where all the superstitions start to kick in properly. And they do. Um, Queen City, as as as, as uh, she just said there, as he followed that comment up with a, a clean sheet, a clean sheet tomorrow. Anything else is a bonus, isn't it? Yeah, but a clean sheet will yeah. be just a beauty, a thing of beauty. Mm. Yeah, as as Danny said, we, we said this on the last podcast, and the maths have become simpler than they did last week. We've got one win, <laughs> three points, three points, and we're up. That's it. That, that's there's no ifs, no buts. If we win one of our last two games, we are promoted. We are up there, um, and I back this team to win. I think they've got the potential to win both, but I certainly back them to win one of those two games. Um, and then there's nothing anybody else can do about it. Uh, come on, yeah, because uh, goal, dif- goal, goal difference is massively in our favour. Well, well, I, I say, I say massively. Well, I think seven, six. yes. Yeah, six, six goals swinging two games. I mean, it is possible because we saw it with Nottingham Forest uh, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. But um, I think... But if, we, yeah. if, we, if we win one of our games, we are then going to improve 
a goal difference, even just by yeah, one. exactly, just exactly. I, I really do hope we win the game in hands, but the downside to that is we never do it the easy way, do we? But for once, <laughs> I beg we do it the easy way and we just get a get a win at the stadium line. We break that duck like we did against Carl Robinson at New York, and um. And then it's a promotion party at Gillingham. Fingers crossed, touch wood, everything superstitious that you can get under your belt. Do it. Do it for the last week of the season. Because we don't want to extend it by another two weeks in the playoffs, do we? No, we don't. No, we absolutely don't. Yeah, this is it, boys and girls. This is the final seven days of the 2021-2022 season, of the regular season anyway. Get behind the boys. If you're going to Sunderland, I know they stick everybody up miles away, but make as much noise as you possibly can. Um, you'll probably out-sing 30,000 Sunderland fans not in their home home form and, and record. Uh, and then we go again for Saturday for what will hopefully be a promotion party at Gillingham. And whatever happens, it's going to the final day, technically speaking. Whatever happens, it is going to the final day. <laughs> so I hope we can do that. Paul Barnfield says, I enjoyed this podcast better than last time, guys. Cheers. <laughs> I know, you know, Paul. <laughs> Um, and found Paul Brock says, are we still planning to uh, plan a get-together you mentioned a few weeks ago? Yeah, we are still planning on doing a pre-season prediction show next season live. But honestly, I can't even think about it right now. I can't just can't get past <laughs> next Saturday. I just can't get past 12.30 next Saturday at the minute. Next Saturday, I can't pass Tuesday at the minute. My, my right. brain's just gone straight to Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Come on, Millers. I believe in you. We believe in you. Best wishes to all the players and the management staff for Tuesday. Just same again. Play like, play like you did on Saturday and you've won the game. Just keep that up. Mick, anything you want to say? Just in case there are any, any of the players watching, send out a message. I, I don't have a message. They don't need a message from, from me or from the rest of us. They, they know what's expected of them. They know what they're capable of, don't they? You know, um, and, and they will go out there and they will commit 100% to that to that cause because it's their cause as much as it is our cause. So we know that they're going to give hundred percent. So that will be enough. Danny. Um, one thing I will say is if Smith and Barlasser either score an assist or both score against Sunderland, we need to blare out blade and races on the way on. Because that is new. Because that is what. Because Blade and Race is one of Newcastle's ah. diehard chants, and um, <laughs> and I think if we do beat Sunderland, we need to play it on the podcast purely for them because it would be astounding, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm fine with that. Jalen Simpson, we will believe. That's my, that's her message. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm a player. Finish on this one. All I know is victory is one sexy Swede. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I suspect, well, I suspect yeah. I'm well, player well. might actually be Victor's YouTube account. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, that's his, is that Tobias? Is that his dad? <laughs> <laughs> I only know three other Swedes, and all three of them would disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, thank you all for listening. We've gone long again, but at this stage of the season, we're just probably going to go along on all of them. And if we get to playoffs, Jesus, that could go on for days. Um, Please do like this episode on YouTube. Please click the thumbs up. Please subscribe if you can as well. Um, also, iTunes, if you're an audio listener, I know a lot of people listen to us to send to sleep or while they're on the run. Please do subscribe. <laughs> well, you get that one in. <laughs> the thing is, you uh, put it in now and you'll already be asleep. 
<laughs> it will. Yeah. <laughs> it will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you haven't subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you get us, please do so. We will be back on Thursday evening live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, where we will be looking back at what has happened to our season, whether it's success or whether we still need something to happen, and then looking ahead to the final push, the final day of this crazy, crazy season. Thank you. Thank you, everybody who's been involved so far this season. Please join us again next. Danny, Mick. Stress levels are just <laughs> going up again, aren't they? Yeah. Thank you, boys. Thank you both of you. Pleasure to speak to you. See you soon. Ta-ra. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.